I'm Norman Thoreth from Pitcher Pharmacy, and I'm joined by Murray Fry, pharmacist and previous partner of Campanile Pharmacy in Victoria. Welcome, Murray. Thanks, Norman. I'm talking to Murray about how he sold his interest in Campanile Pharmacy to the incoming pharmacist, Sarah Baker. Our view is that community pharmacy has always been an industry where succession planning works well, because as a part of the community, both the senior and junior partner have the ability to stay connected to the customer. To make a succession plan work, both parties need to have personal and business goals. Murray, for our listeners, I wanted to start by asking you about your career as a pharmacist. Where and when did you become qualified? Um, I became qualified in 1982 um, after doing a traineeship year with Ed Johnson in Lower Templestowe in Melbourne. And after that, I moved to the country to Horsham, um, had three years working there. Uh, and in between that time, I, I went overseas and did a bit of pharmacy work in England and Scotland. Uh, then after Horsham, I had three years in Warrnambool, working at Monaghan's Pharmacy in Warrnambool. Um, and then I left to do some locum work and look around pharmacies, I guess, with the intention of buying in and did some work for uh, Bob Gardner and Dennis Ham, who were in partnership in Camperdown and Warrnambool in two pharmacies. And um, not long after that, they offered me a, a partnership. So it sounds like you had a pretty normal upbringing as a pharmacist. How did that transition into the conversation of ownership happen at the time with um, with the existing owners of Camperdown Pharmacy? Well, it's kind of funny because I was just, as I said, I was doing locum pharmacy mainly in the Western District. But at that stage, I w was looking at a couple of options of buying pharmacies and, or going into partnership. And and I, I wasn't aware that it was a possibility um, with Bob and Dennis, um, but they, they uh, got wind of the fact that I was looking around, I guess. And then one time they just, uh, said they wanted to catch up and had some figures they plonked down on the table and and uh, put a proposal to me and and um, so I went away and thought about that and I I enjoyed my time there and uh, as I said I had been working three years in Warrnambool so I sort of knew the area very well and so um, yeah it just seemed like a perfect opportunity and and I was going to be predominantly working in the Camperdown pharmacy and. It's a smallish country town, which is um, kind of what I grew up in, and so I, I always knew I wanted to work in in a in a smaller town. So it was pretty perfect, really. And so you and the town have grown up together. Yeah, thirty three years together. That's a great career, Murray. Um, do you think that entry into ownership that you had way back then um, influenced your decision on how you would exit the business eventually? Um, a little bit. I, uh, we, we uh, obviously, Bob and Dennis and I had a partnership agreement and we were in partnership for 10 years. Um, the fact they were 15 years older than me probably always hinted that there'd be a succession, but we never really had anything uh, in our partnership agreement to that extent. Um, so uh, we got to 10 years down the track and then We'd come to the decision to sell the Warnable Pharmacy, and as we were progressing with that, Dennis decided he might like to buy that himself, and and therefore Bob and I were going to take over the Camperdown one ourselves. 
and Bob was very generous. So he came to me and said, you know, he, he felt he would probably want to retire in the next two to three years and it seemed silly to go through setting up a new partnership and then dissolving that in a couple of years. He said, if, you, if I had an option whereby I wanted to bring another partner in or wanted to employ another pharmacist and take on sole ownership, then he was quite happy to stand aside. So, um, I mean, I, I was very um, appreciative of, of his generosity in doing that, really. So I, I guess in some ways I felt that um, I was fortunate to be eased into ownership myself and, yeah, I probably tried to bring that type of approach to to um, the two Sarahs as they came through. Yeah, so when did you identify that Sarah Baker would be a partner or, or an ideal partner, not just a pharmacist in the pharmacy? Well, see, Sarah started work as, did work experience when I guess she was year 10 or 11 or something like that. You, so did some, I suspect year 10, did some work experience. And then from that, she was obviously very good. And we always employed uh, school, both male and female, um, after school workers and Saturday morning workers. And so we offered her a job then. And so I guess she was with us there for two or three years while she was still at school. And so I had plenty of time to to discover what sort of person she was and and uh, and and she showed an interest in pharmacy, um, which was good. So we really, um, I guess, pushed <laughs> pushed for her to continue on in that vein, and we um, set up a bursary system really, whereby we um, gave her a certain amount of money each year of her studies, and it, she was required to commit to a couple of years after she'd completed a course. So, I mean, uh, yeah. You, you having worked with her for a couple of years, even even though she was part time, you did get to see what sort of person she was and how perfect uh, she would be down the track. Um, I wouldn't have thought we would have discussed anything about partnerships at that stage. Not probably until she came back as a pharmacist, I believe. Yeah, but she's also a local girl, which was important. Yeah, it's always um, more more likelihood of um, being able to keep your workforce if they're local. So that was probably first thought. Probably the thoughts about partnership may not have uh, eventuated until she was back working as a pharmacist, I believe. Yes. Um, uh, you know, she had a lot of strengths and attributes and, and, and probably, you know, going into a partnership, you've got to have the same values, really. And um, we both had the same level of care for for our community, I guess, um, and probably this similarly care for our staff. They're probably uh, and probably the other third thing I think that's critical to to have commonality is is um, the work ethic. And Sarah's always always had a strong work ethic, and and we'll probably talk about Sarah Van later on. The same same attributes she had really suited the type of partnership we wanted. I know you're very humble, Murray, but um, I would commend your work ethic as well, um, not only from the point of view of how I was in the pharmacy, but also that patient care um, being the first priority. And to be fair, the profit comes from that. It's not the yes, other way around. Yeah. 
No, and I, I always um, reflect on reflect on the, the work ethic by coincidence. Well, it may not be coincidence, but the three of us, the two Sarahs and I, all all come from farming backgrounds, and I always think that's a uh, uh, you don't get too many farmers' kids who who don't have a strong work ethic. So. Um, I, I yes. think that is relevant. Well, it's key to selecting your partners, which is important. Murray, during those conversations with Sarah, did did either of you in particular dominate the discussion or was it fairly amicable about it was just a conversation and then it progressed from there? Uh, no, I, I think just in, it was a general conversation. I, I mean, not everyone wants to pursue ownership. There's a fair bit goes to it. Um, so it wasn't a given for me that Sarah would want to pursue that, but, um, yeah, I guess we just had a general discussion early on that here was an opportunity that would be advantageous potentially to both of us. Uh, and, and it really went from that. So if you think about, um, when that actually happened and, you know, realistically it was probably... I don't know, 10 years ago that those conversations were happening. Hmm. Um, did, did you ever contemplate, oh, this is all just too hard, I should just sell and get out, versus persevere with a partner? No, 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 never, no. Um, look, I probably always thought I was going to be in ownership till I was 60-odd. Um, that, that was always my long-term plan. So there were great benefits in bringing a partner in, um, Firstly, your workforce, like it, it's it's ensuring your stability of your workforce. To, that's a selfish side of it, is to bring someone in as a partner and you ensure their the workforce is um, is going to be there. It's always been, and when I had the Bob and Dennis's partners, there's there's some advantages in being able to discuss the big issues with a another person rather than taking it all on board yourself, and even if it's clearly you get alternate ideas from others, but also when you have to verbalise your own thoughts about something, you do tend to think it through a little bit more. And so you may, if you were making those decisions just in sole partnership, it may end up being different to what you do, sorry, in sole ownership. Yeah, that's, that's a great perspective because we see that when we're interacting with clients around the country, those that are in ownership by themselves don't have that sounding board, whereas partners yeah. do. Uh, they have yeah, each other to yeah. bounce things off. You know, will this work? Yeah. What do you think? What are you seeing? And, yeah. and that is a significant difference. So if if you look at your decision-making process through this bringing a partner in, is it fair to say that you are focused mainly on the business interest more than your net outcome at the end of the day? Uh, probably. And I think we've always been focused on the on the business and, as I said, creating that level of care to the community, making a... Um, workspace that people enjoy coming to that so the staff are happy and have fun and uh, want to be there developing the programs bring you know bringing in new health programs to the community whether it's the vaccinations or the sleep apnea or these type of programs they're the things that we focused on primarily and the profitability as you said comes from that down the track, I'm, it's not you don't ignore the profitability. <laughs> I mean, you 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 do review it and you have your reports and you, but it's it's not the number one focus for us. We think if we do those other things well, then um, the profitability flows through. Did you see an advantage 
by having a younger partner with the energy and ability to implement some of those services as as an advantage to you as well as the business? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, We didn't ever designate areas that we would work within the pharmacies. You know, we wanted to be kind of all-rounders at everything, but it kind of, it evolves a little bit and things like, uh, you know, the marketing, my marketing was mainly radio and newspaper, but now it's social media. And, and so clearly the younger generation are far better at that than, than I ever was. Sarah Venn, when she came on board, um, she was really good at implementing new programs, whether it was vaccinations or um, when we put in our sachet packing machine. Now, that, those types of things, she had a real strength in doing that. So we kind of found a, our niches a little bit in that regard. But I, I think, you know, you said about bringing in a younger partner and I was um, motivated by the girl's enthusiasm, um, you know, and, and, and I didn't want to become like a, a stale old grumpy pharmacist that, you know, when you're getting to the last few years of your, your working life. And I think having been surrounded by two enthusiastic young pharmacists, there's no way you can't get draw, caught up in all of that. And, and, you know, you do feel a responsibility to be making that contribution and keeping, uh, you know, to, to ensure that their enthusiasm stays. And uh, that, you know, I enjoyed pharmacy right till I retired. Um, which which I, I think they played a big part in that. That's great. Ari, during the discussions around partnership, partnership agreement and initial percent and future opportunities, um, you know, was that, from your point of view, is that a good discussion to get out up front so you were clear on your exit strategy or is there a little bit of awkwardness there in terms of I'm not quite sure what I really want here, let's, let's see how it plays out? Well, I think initially when Sarah came, Sarah Baker came in in 2012, we said would, and it was in our partnership agreement, we'd review that every three years to to look at when Sarah would take on more uh, of the ownership or we might bring someone else in. And after the first term, we were both happy how that was tracking. And then as we got towards 2018, uh, We'd had Sarah Venn there as a trainee and then she was employed at the pharmacy after that. And so then when Sarah Bacon and I sat down, we looked at bringing in Sarah Venn at that time and increasing Sarah Baker's um, percentage. And then I kind of knew at that stage that three more years uh, would be enough for me. So when we had those discussions, we were also discussing that you know, you girls need to decide in three years' time what you're going to do, whether you're going to want to bring in another partner to, to buy my share or, or you're going to go into a partnership with the two of you. So that, yeah, that was, those discussions were held prior to our 2018 new partnership of the three of us. Yeah, you've mentioned Sarah Venn a, a bit there. And in our previous episode, when I was talking to Sarah Baker, she mentioned Sarah Venn. And the interesting thing that, that was sort of discussed was, you know, the size of the business that you were selling to Sarah Baker at the time was considerably bigger than what you would have come into, you know, 30-something years ago. 
Yeah, but, but yeah. more to that, there was there was two things happening um, due to the change in location rules. You have to had to open up a second site in town um, for our listeners, um, and the second to that is clearly camping out and growing by population. So the volume of, of customers in town was keeping everyone very busy. So Sarah Venn was more of a um, she's an excellent partner, but but when I was talking to Sarah Baker, it was more a conversation around this is a big business and Sarah Venn's the right personality. She's of equal op- opportunity. Is that how you saw it as well? Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and I guess if you look back at it, the timing of, of that was perfect because it was good that the three of us got to work together for three years. Uh, it eased Sarah Venn into it. By that stage, you know, I guess Sarah Baker had six years of partnership and, yeah, it was just a perfect way for them or for the three of us to have three years together um, before I retired. Yeah, and in those three years, one of the things that Sarah and I've spoken about over over time is the fact that you had lots of built-up knowledge about the business, also the numbers because you'd self-educated on the finances of the business. And as the junior partners coming into the business, they really had to look at you to try and get that information out of you before you left. What what did you do to facilitate that um, transmission of knowledge? We've always, the whole time, um, we've had been very strong that our role as pharmacists and particularly as owner pharmacists is to be available to the to the customers. So working in the dispensary, working in the shop. And so we've always had an office manager, we've always had a front of shop and we have always relied on our accountants, Norman, as well, um, very strongly. So the main thing for us was to get the relevant reports and make the decision on the reports, not for us to be spending time um, producing those reports ourselves. I said to the girls, it was a bit like driving a car. We don't need to know how the engine works, but we just need to know how to steer it and read the dials and that'll give us all the information we need. So we kind of set it up like that in the in the 23 years. We've had two office managers, so it's there's been a lot of stability and we've had, you know, really good office manager there to, so that took a great workload off our shoulders. So um, really it was only a matter of, the girls being able to understand and read the reports that were produced. Yeah, and and all of us always had good support to be able to get that information we needed. Yes, and so you, you had regular meetings? Yes, we did. Um, we, did we didn't um, really designate, you know, monthly meetings or anything like this. Um, we probably met as partners three or four times a year, I would think. Yeah, and, and any, if there, unless there were any crises. <laughs> Which happens from time to time. It happens that's, from time to time. And that's part of business ownership. So, Murray, when we think about Sarah Baker coming into partnership, she she came in in 2012, which was just after the second pharmacy had opened in town. We were right on the precipice of, of the deep cuts from PBS reform, which we all know now were, were quite savage on profits for a couple of years. How did you manage that valuation and first percentage um, ownership transmission? Yeah, you're right. There were a lot of changes. In fact, yeah, Sarah thought she was buying into one pharmacy and then 
next minute um, the ownership rules changed and we acquired the license for the second so she, she was buying into two pharmacies all of a sudden so uh, and at the same time also I think that was the start of clawback on generics or, or a major part of it so there was going to be potentially some you know reduction in profit happening uh, so it, it turned out to be much more difficult period uh, it, there was a lot of instability. So I, I wasn't comfortable with Sarah buying in on a, a valuation we had done on previous year's figures if all of a sudden uh, the profitability takes a big nosedive. So we um, came up with an idea that that she would pay 80% of the valuation for her percentage um, at the start and then would review after two years and make the adjustment, you know, if, if the other 20 was to pay or whether there was only 5% or 10% of that to pay, depending on on how the profitability panned out, which I think really it was, I wouldn't have been comfortable. It was just a much fairer system um, to, for a new person to come into a business with. And in hindsight, uh, what happened? Well, we actually did become more profitable in that time. So that was the best outcome for everyone. And I think that's probably a result of what you said at the outset of our discussion, you know, the work ethic of both of you to understand what was happening in the business and to compensate accordingly. Yeah, I guess when we opened that second pharmacy, we had to develop some new markets because we didn't want to just split, uh, you know, the two pharmacies from going from 100% at one to doing 75 at that and 25 at the other. We had to, to grow the businesses overall so we did go into new markets like the sleep apnea and you know those types of things helped us to grow the business overall. Murray during the period of uh, initial partnership I mean Sarah was young she'd just been married and she she then proceeded to have a couple of children um, which was catered for in your agreement um, you know you, you weren't I guess you can't ever put a time on when the going to have children how were you placed at that time to manage because you had two sites to manage Sarah was having maternity leave how did that play out mechanically for you from what I recall it played out quite well um uh, I've got four kids myself so I understand that you know uh, having families along the journey is, is part of life and and it was terrific that Sarah was was growing her family at the time and and may not have been there at times in the pharmacy itself, but she still took an active interest where she could and did a lot more background work than she'd done before. So, and probably even, I'm just recalling at the time, you know, probably did enable her to do things that sometimes within the business you don't have time to do. Um, I think, you know, she did a lot of our accreditation stuff. We probably needed... A boost along with that and and there were things that she could manage at the time that probably progressed us more than we realized yeah i think you clearly had a balanced view having four kids of your own and it's a you got a <laughs> partnership at home right and you've got a partnership at work yeah. and they've both got to work yeah. in har harmony um so yeah. the fact that you had that yeah. perspective was and and sarah to be fair had a long-term view of the the business and her career as well yeah. so you know the maternity leave thing is important for a lot of our listeners to to understand how to manage that um, but yeah. that, that's a very balanced uh, outcome that you achieve there 
through the process of selling down, you've landed in a comfortable spot, which you spoke about before, retiring in your early 60s. You know, you've, you've done well out of the business. You've left it in good hands. Murray, knowing what you know now, um, what advice would you give someone contemplating selling to a junior partner as an exit strategy? Well, I think the main thing is to to look at it from a long-term view. Um, It's easy to get caught up in short-term decision-making, even from a, you know, with our bursary system that we had running and we still continue to run that and bring through pharmacists from the local area. And that's about looking after our workforce down the track. I had a pharmacist ring me up a couple of years ago from a nearby town saying, you know, I've heard you always do well getting pharmacists. How do you do it? And I said, oh, you know, we've got this system of bursaries. And she said, no, no, I need one next week. It's a long-term game. The long-term game. And and similarly from a succession plan, have a bit of an idea on when you might think you want to finish up and then work back from that. How's the best way for everyone um, to have that continuity, to have some overlap in there. The pleasing thing is when you do finish, you you get to look back and go, well, I know that level of care and those things you've built up over that time, they're going to continue. And that's what really gives you the satisfaction. That's great, Murray. I, I think you've chosen very well then, Sarah, and, and then subsequently the, uh, the second Sarah, Sarah Ben. Uh, so I congratulate you on a uh, magnificent career. I'm Norman Thurrock from Pitcher Pharmacy and I've been in conversation with Murray Fry. Thank you, Murray. Thanks, Norman. Thank you.